Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Hey, hey, here we go. New intro and everything. I'm Alex Gore. I'm Lance Lance Psycho. Nice. Um, Let's hit it off. First, big announcement. Our development project, Mark II, is submitted to the city. They are... It's, I feel so great. I almost wanted to quit work at 10 when I submitted it. 10 in the morning yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was up at five, came right into work, you know, got got, it done, got things done. Yeah. Big round of applause for Al Gore because he got it, got it going. Woo. I had one cool idea that I thought for this project, for our project. Yeah. Because I was talking to one of our guys. Um, and if, if you remember from a couple weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, introduce people to what they need what the outline for a leader is. So we were talking about that. It went great with him, by the way. Uh, and then, and then I was trying to tell him like, you can create your own future here too. So think about what you want to do. And I listed out a whole bunch. Like, do you just want to do, you know, fancier residential? Do you want to do commercial? Do you want to do development work? Do you want to do, you know, whatever. And I go, this is a long game thing, but think because this isn't going to happen right away. Because if you listen to the podcast before and you know, Getting work is still, even for him, a couple years away. Yeah. Right? But let's say you do have a vision. How can you start aligning, willing? What are the baby steps you can start taking today yep. to start aligning yourself exactly? Yep. And just to let you know, he, he really liked the development side because he thinks we can do it better than what he's seen. I totally agree. Okay. But then we are looking at high-end residential architecture. Have you seen Surround Architect? Techs? No. Where are they? Boulder. They're awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. We're coming for you. Okay. I'll even let you know, Surround Architecture. <laughs> we are coming for you. No, just, we think you're great. Yeah. And, uh, and because they do really cool brick, awesome stuff. I don't know them personally. I'm, 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 let's just assume they're great. We're like, yeah, let's get even high, you know, higher in resident, you know, stuff. Yeah. And maybe we start incorporating some things into our projects, which made me think about what projects we have control over. The development. Yeah. And you know how over our uh, the new commercial space that will probably be our headquarters, how we have that pergola. Mm-hmm. I thought, what if we try something a little bit abstract and cooler since the building went abstract? Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and now think about this, Lance. Think about the east side and the south side. Instead of doing like a pergola overhead, what if we had timbers going up, you know, uh, exposed rough sawn timbers, maybe at some angles going up. And then put wire in between and started to grow your stupid green beans. Nice. Started okay. Growing some, you know, like hops, grow hop, some hops on there. Hops, some grapes, and then have those come over. So like it frames in because one of the coolest experiences when, when I'd go back home, I lived in a normal traditional neighborhood. It just happened. We were on like the high side of the hill. And by the time I was in high school and college, all the plants grew up. So I just got this perfect overview and I couldn't see the, the, the house next to us was 10 feet over, but I couldn't see it because it was green. So it was like, man, I'm in, I'm sitting on my back deck. You're in, in your little owl nest. Little, exactly. <laughs> so what if we do that around two sides it's and interesting. then the green grows I like it. 
and then you just see the mountains and you feel like I don't know about the big timbers, but I, I get it. You I get, get where, where I'm I get going. Where you're going with it, and I like the, I like the overall sentiment. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. When we were in Italy, we went. There was this pergola, and they had, and you had me at grapes actually. So there was this pergola we walked in on the on the underneath to go to one of the hotels, and they there was literally giant grapes. You know, huge, whatever they're called, bunches. Yeah. That were hanging bundles. from, from, yeah. Bundles. I don't know what they're called. No, the bunches, a bunch of grapes. Yeah. Right? I swear to. <laughs> we're humans. I, I hope there's a real term, but I hope the real term is bunch. Right a now, bunch came from grapes. Right now, somebody's just yelling yeah. as they're listening to this podcast. It's a pickle of it's grapes. A pickle. Yeah. But no, no, that I think that would be great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is an abstract building, 100%. An abstract, I don't know, what do we mean by that? Like, it's not a formal, there's like weird kooky angles going on now and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait until one of our professors, Professor Barnhouse, sees it and be like, yeah, it just got a case of the angles case that the week. Angles. <laughs> case of the angles. I couldn't get over it. Yeah, couldn't, I couldn't get straight pills to straighten my right, ang- right angle pills. I don't know. <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> couldn't do it. Just sneezing out angles left and right. Well, tell me how, how we, could we do the development better? Like, what, is, what does that mean? I don't disagree. This is the first real one we've ever tried to do but like the architecture wise or or no no no. i think this uh colleague was talking about he sees the other people doing stuff yeah cut corners make whatever yeah and i think mark two is actually um it, it's not totally rewriting the game of what's going on in denver but i do think that we're doing it slightly better it's not like that um, well though some of the huge lessons right i mean the fact that we like i really it's pretty ingenious the way that stairway works as you come out of the third floor right. and up to the fourth, not floor, but a roof deck. And then that allowed us to stay to stay in the IRC. That's huge, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause you, I don't know if some, some jurisdictions just allow people to put the doghouse on top and stay and like do the exception where you can just some still type five. Yeah. When I told one of our clients this along, another architecture firm was there. They all opened their eyes and they're like, that is amazing. That idea is amazing. Exactly. It is amazing. Yeah. 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 So not to totally pat ourselves on the back, but yeah. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. I was just yeah. wondering, like, was there, a, is there a, was there a specific thing that somebody said where, yeah, well, yeah, here's what we should do. Yeah. I don't know. Wood basements. Something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is had in the contract- code you can do. It's I know crazy. I had a contractor ask me if we could do one the other day. I was like, no, no. we're not. We're not doing that. Yeah. Actually, and I built a couple and I, so I go, well, I built a couple like that and they're still standing. So I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's only been ten years. And they just though. laughed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, other big news: school started. So happy uh, school week to everyone that's going back to school. Students, um, students, if, some employees. Yep, yep. If, if you are Three a stu- employees, if you are a student listening to this, uh, we would love if you pass this podcast to your friends um, because I, we think it's a practical podcast so so let people know spread the word yeah let your university know we're always open to come down and speak that's not yeah. a joke we're going to speak up at our unit our uh, alma mater uh, yep. in the in this spring and then by all means if you guys have questions i think the questions are, are paramount to what we do yeah and we're happy to always answer questions on air and 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 when we speak we bring it we bring the, al steals all my thunder and he, we bring it i know <laughs> <laughs> is it because i cut you off or just yeah. Yesterday, I I just felt that you were. I got the sense that because you submitted and you were just like you were just like in hyper mode yes. all day yesterday. I, I was like, Jesus, this guy has because I had less patience than me today, yeah. and a little bit complaining. It was kind of hilarious. But but during the lecture, so we lectured. I I wasn't stealing thunder. We went back and forth. Really it was nice. good. Yeah. yeah, I think we've been pretty good going back and forth. Um, and I even caught myself because a couple times I wanted to interrupt you because I'm interrupting Al. 
Um, That's what he is. <laughs> but I didn't. And then after it, I think, I, since I held myself back, the rest, hey, Lance, what do you think of this? He started talking, Bobo, Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> so I could only hold it together for that hour. That it, was it. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, but, okay. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, this is going to hit you on the fly. So if you don't have a good answer, obviously I will steal your thunder and have a good answer. Good. <laughs> um, if you went back to school, knowing what you know now, let's say you had to go back or you're telling kids what would you tell them to focus on or what would you change or re-emphasize if i was going back to school and i was like a student yep or a student a student comes to you say hey i'm going through architecture program at kent state doesn't matter any i don't even know if kent state has a shout out kent state and it doesn't any school (laughs) cincinnati doesn't matter they said hey i'm you know i'm gonna do the normal thing would you give them any advice would you would you tell them to do something don't do something Boy, that's a tough one. It, it, it is hitting on the fly. Uh, the biggest thing I think is time management, honestly. I, because it, I feel like if you get, tell them, focus on the skill, focus on sketching, focus on SketchUp, focus on learning Revit, focus on reading about Frank Lloyd Wright, I don't know. Uh, those are all things that can take you down a path of like, if you don't, if you're not brilliant at the basics, which I think time management is 100%, you need to be, you need to be a good time manager then then those learning all those skills don't even matter. They really don't. Right? I think that's great. Yeah. What about you? What would you tell? What would you tell them? Cuz I feel like always when you ask these questions you're like, "Ah, but really I have an answer." Well, <laughs> it, so I have a, a couple. And one would be Revit everything. Revit everything. Yeah. So, time management from a philosophy point? Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, you can learn SketchUp everything, but your main focus should be Revit. And then but I thought, man, going back, when you're a student, that would mean like, oh, make sure I pay attention in, in the Revit class, in the Revit course. But that your Revit course at your university might be terrible. You know, they might yep. not teach you anything. Um, and then, so then I thought, well, my second thing was learn structures. And I go, well, your structures course might be very basic, might be terrible too. And I go, there's a warped perspective between what the college is going to teach you and what I mean by learn Revit and learn structures. Right. And, so, uh, and be, be, be fair here. You're, you're, we're both very biased when like, we say, like, oh, if, they would just, if everybody just did everything the way we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I have two solutions to that because I'd say you got to learn from professionals. Because right now, for learn Revit, I would say go, not only can you get free training on revitfurniture.com because this is coming from professionals. This is the way you're really going to do it. Um, and I think it's the best free training out there that you can get. You can also pay and there's students. So this is a thousand dollars for professional firms. It's 159 for you and it's an insane value. It, it, it will bring up your skills in every way, way more than, you know, if, if a three credit course is 3000 and this is 159, I mean, take this over the summer and, you, you, the comparison, I don't even know how that works. You'll get the same amount of knowledge, even more than your $3,000 course for 159. Right. Absolutely. And then, then go for structures. I go, Oh man, how can I give them advice for structures? Because one advice would be, okay, go over to your engineering department and find a construction structures class. Right. But that might be hit or miss too, because they might just, I, I don't know. Right. So the other thing I thought of is Teach yourself and teach yourself. It's called Struke Right. Okay. Because that's a program that 
actual structural engineers in construction use a lot. And there's a bunch of tutorials. There's eight or ten tutorials. I think what who did made I th- them? Who made them? You them. Saw- really? Yep. Um, what did I tell you the price was? Two ninety nine, three ninety nine. About three hundred dollars, something like yep. this. Yeah. So there you go. There's a three thousand dollar course you can take at the university, or for a tenth of that, three hundred during the semester. Go teach yourself that, and then apply some of that through Revit through your projects. Either blow your uh, professors' minds so much so they're like, "Oh wow, this is amazing," or they'll think that you're missing the boat because you're designing structures and you're supposed to, your head's supposed to be in the cloud. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, we'll <laughs> me and you will know if you came to us and if you're like, I mean, obviously this is bias. Hey, I took your whatever, and then I learned StruCalc. I'd be like, "Oh, so you're really on the ball." And then if you nailed the design and time management, I mean, I don't. If that advice was to us when we were young, and if we would have done that, that's my test. Like, oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, <laughs> for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Interesting. So I, I back. I think those are all. Yeah, those are those are good ideas. <laughs> I, I hopefully you convince a few students that maybe listen to this throughout the semester that that's what you should do. Uh, to bring it back to where my my original idea was. If time management, I think time management starts with you need to become a morning person, right? Or, or you either you either become a morning person, or some people just have to work at night. But I, I, there's something about rise and grind. You know, wake up, get, getting up at like five 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 thirty before the sunrise, right. having some coffee. Maybe you have tea. I don't know what else, or like water, whatever, whatever, whatever stimulates you. But there's something about like that moment of those few hours of clarity before anybody's around you. Like that's when I get the most accomplished, honestly, in the day. And I think you're at that point too. Oh yeah, for the last for the last couple of years now, especially since yeah. a baby. I said, baby, baby, get me up. Um, and to, to caveat on that, because there's a lot of people that won't do that because they're just night people. And there's even older people that are night people, which should naturally, more naturally you become a morning person. So I would say if you're going to be a night person, then maybe you don't wake up at five, but you still wake up at eight. You know, it's not nine, 10, 11, 12. So I remember multiple times, either a Friday night being drinking or Friday night working. Normally I'd take Friday nights off, but I would work until midnight almost every night, but I would get up at eight. Yep. I would get up. And I remember some classes I'd be up till four. And then a lot of people would skip the eight o'clock class. I am up at eight. Yeah, I am up at eight. Yep. So definitely. maybe for the younger generations, eight is your five if you're working till midnight one. How many people do you think? How many people? So don't you feel like you've read more books and heard about more people that are more that are successful if they get up early compared to people that are night owls though? So you, I mean, I don't just throwing this out there. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a good question. Good point. Yes, I think there's a whole movement behind it, and I think it's true. Jocko Ford. 34, whatever, every, every, a lot of people are doing it and it's great advice and it will help structure your day. But they did a study about this. Okay. And the study was, they took, it's always they too. I know. <laughs> like, like who is they? Um, so they yeah. t- name every famous person you could that was successful. Richard from, Branson. Exactly. But also to Einstein, to Frank Lloyd Wright, to whatever, to some poet. Tesla, to some, Tesla didn't even sleep. To, to Tesla. And they marked out their waking and, and their day. And they're like, it's a shit show. It's random. Yeah. So. Yeah. But does Jocko, does his, is his day ruined if he open, if he wakes up a minute too late? Because uh, he wakes up every day at 434, right? Oh, no. What he would do? What would he do? He'd make himself pay for it. 
Oh, what a silly man. <laughs> so, so you go. <laughs> He's hilarious. I'm thinking about every making... time, every time, just so everybody knows, every time like Jocko comes on and I'm yeah. riding around with Al or it comes on in the office and I just hear the voice, like I hysterically laugh. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just, to me, it's so, he's just so serious. I'm just like, I have to laugh at this. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. You know, you, I dropped it. We came back to work and then when I was driving home, like, man, he hit into some poetic awesomeness. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think I'm, I might make myself pay like Jacko for watching football games. So every ho- football game will be a hundred pushups or a hundred sit-ups. I like it. I like <laughs> it a lot. Absolutely. Um, so let's keep in this vein of school. And I want to talk, I looked up the numbers to go to grad school or not. Ah, okay. And so let's preface everybody. Here's where I think Alex is going with this is, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but in the state of Colorado, you can get a four-year bachelor's of environmental design with an architecture focus. And then in order to get licensed, you either have to go to grad school, then get a master's or, or a bachelor's of architecture, right? And then if you, if you don't do that, you can do 12,000 hours of under a licensed architect. Is that where you're going with this? Yes, but I'm going to give everyone the real numbers because we have this um, we have this in our firm, and we always thought from our perspective... We have what in our firm? Where, where people have undergrads, and then they're thinking about going back to grad school. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, a third yeah. of our employees are actually more than that. I think even half of them at this point are, are in that situation. And it was it, it's kind of news to us because everyone at NDSU, and I'm sure at other schools, like you just you just kind of ram it through. Yep. And you get it done, and then and then you're good. So, but anyways, I think it's more pervasive where undergrad break grad school. Okay, but here are the numbers in Colorado, and I went to Dora's website, which is the Department of. Do you know what it is? Occupational Regulatory Agency. Agency. Yeah. Yep. yep. Just so, a lovely government name. So I, I'm assuming there's a Dora in every state. It's got to be. Yep. So you can look up what their license requirements are, but these are Colorado's. No, they're probably very, very similar. They might be off 10 or 20%, yeah. but they're still in the same vein. So you can get, um, and I'm going to put this up. Uh, so this is your degree type, a B arc or an M arc. It has to be a professional degree. That's the difference. Yeah. Because you can get a, but these are all the same and you only have to do 3,740 hours. If you have a B arc or, or an M arc. And remember we had to do what? 5,000 or was it 6,000? 5,000. Yep. So it's already less, right? Now, if you get a non-professional BARC, which is, v- so that happens. In is that what it's called too, though, on the yes. website? Non-professional BARC? Yep. yep. Okay. And then there's also these other ones. Like, there's a whole list here, but BS ARC, B Environmental Design ARC. Okay. Right? Which is very standard. Yep. You only have to do 7,500. So that's only 2,000 more than just, like, what everyone in the history of architecture has always had to do. So I did the math for you. Okay? So... Here's what, the, diff- here's what, the what difference. Kind, what kind of math? Math so, for what? Yep. Let's say you got your undergrad degree, and then you're deciding whether you should basically go back for two more years uh-huh. to get your master's degree. Yeah. The difference is 3,700 versus 7,500, which is a difference of 3,800 hours. Okay. Right? Divided by 40 hours per week okay. equals 95 weeks, which is two years. So here's your trade-off. You can pay to go... And if you have enough money or you might rack up debt, who knows, 20, 40,000, come out and then keep doing your hours and then do your test, mm-hmm. right? Finishing mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or you could do your hours during those two years, get paid for it, not go into more debt and be in the exact same boat. Exact same boat. And so, the only, the only, don't you think the only real argument is, is to go back is you say, well, 
I'm going. I'm. I feel like I'm not a good enough designer, and I, this is going to give me more design opportunities, like in crazy, you know, in, in theoretical world. Yep. And and what I'd say is that if any of our employees thought that, or if you think that, go to your boss and say, "Hey, I think I want to stay on because I, I've seen the math and whatever. But every Friday afternoon, I want to do a design competition for this firm. Work on one." We'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like." Uh, it, that seems that seems great. It, re- it seems like a very organic, organic yet logical conclusion yep. to what we've always wanted to do, or sort of like a a place of landing. What we've always wanted to do, where we dedicate half the day, like Google does. Right. But but so I, by the way, did, it, did you, so did I did, you, did I tell you that one of our most recent clients is a Google is a Google employee? Mm-hmm. So I asked him about it. Yeah. They don't really do it in the way that we thought it did. Where it's like half Fridays or whatever, and maybe maybe you already knew this, but it just happens like organically, like exactly. at what is it twenty percent, the twenty percent rule or something like that. Some, yeah, yeah. Where you where you, you work, so like Gmail was created from that, where yeah. if somebody just said, "I have an idea, I want to create an app," and then on their own time at Google they did it, and and it's basically an excuse for not to get overworked because sometimes they say, "I've read about this," they're like, "Yeah, it's crunch time." Maybe for two months, we never get any personal time whatsoever. But then if it's just regular and your boss is saying, hey, do this, do this, and be like, okay, but I'm also working on the new Gmail, by the way, and he can't he can't say anything about that. He can't say, no, you cannot do that, right? And, he go, and in the article, they go, obviously, people are professionals. So if there is a release or a crunch time, they just naturally you know, put that to the side, get the real work done, and then go back working on their own stuff. Um, the other reason not to do it, so I saw in, in forums, I think is entree architecture. The other reason not to do, not to go to back to grad school? To go back to oh, grad school. Oh, the other school. reason to go back, okay. And they said, well, some people say you can't teach without a master's degree. That's true. Well, there's a caveat to that. So people were going back and forth on it, and there's two types of teachers. There's the lecturers, basically who we are, outside professionals. I think it's called like assistant adjunct Adjunct what? professor is another version. Yep, yep, yeah. or yep. But but and, so we could we could be that. But we you have to teach like three courses. We teach it, two. Right, right. So th- and then there's just lecture. So there's technical skills, right? We if we didn't have master's degrees or whatever, um, but new Revit because we know they've hired more terrible people than us. <laughs> it, it, it's a fact. So if you have a technical skill that that you can just teach one class, you don't need a master's degree for that, Yeah. right? You just need to have that prove that they need to trust you and uh-huh. you need to show results, right? But then the other thing is if you wanna be a full professor, and that's where people are getting to, it's like you need a master's degree. And then someone laid out, they go, that's technically true, but no one's hiring anyone without a PhD. And then that kind of blew my mind because I remember, so CU was hiring and everyone that they're officially hiring, PhD, PhD. And I remember when NDSU, they all want that PhD. So I would say, unless you're planning to get your PhD, your master's can be that math trade-off if you want. Interesting. Because there's no way me and you are going to get our PhD. Yeah. Honestly, it'd be a waste of time, money, and resources. Um, so yeah. What do you think about that? I got to shut this. Uh, you make me want to go back to MIT. Oh, you want to go? No, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, not that I ever went there. I got recruited, but didn't go. But did you buy, like, have you seen the trend? Because even in yes. the construction management, yes. they tout we have the most PhDs at NDSU for construction management. I'm like, yeah, but don't people know that's worthless? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe not in some fields. So that was uh, off the cups. So, so, 
So do you, for a tip, so do you think you think really a tipping point is it's those two things. Number one, you're going to get a little bit more theory and design practice, but you could maybe supplement it if within the firm, if the firm is like really trying to build a community, build a build a good culture and, and set of employees and and working staff and a win win because if you it do it under win-win. the firm and if we are helping you critique and everything and you, we submit it, you know our firm would pay the entrance fee. It only gives us more marketing, more marketing, hopefully more awards. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then so yeah, so then. Yeah, unless you're going for the PhD, and if you go for the PhD, I just don't feel like you're ever going to practice. So it's like you're either you either have one foot, you know, you're either on one side of the fence or the other. There's just no in between, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, because I don't know how uh, architecture feels about it, but I know how other programs. So I I have a couple uh, friends that are professors, and I and I said, hey, I, yeah, he, my friend has his PhD because we make fun of our doctor friend who's a medical doctor because the other guy got his phd first so we call him doctor and then we you know <laughs> but um i go what did i go why don't you go you know to washington and do some you know political work and, and do all this he goes they actually frown upon that because then they see they feel like you're not up on the literature in the academic oh. side and i'm like oh, i wonder if that's pervasive because if you're only hiring phds yes, they're only going to know that and then they're i just want to flat i just want to say that it is i think it is yeah yeah so either if you want to practice then weigh the options of doing the alternate masters, which is staying in the firm, doing design, learning some of that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What do you got next, Al? Uh, we have best and worst advice. And I got 10 minutes and I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Okay. We got best and worst advice. Uh, today, today's best and worst advice is from Robert Wygant from Sumex. He's one of, one of our... Uh, uh, oldest uh, colleagues that we've worked with over at Sumex Design, and we do a bunch of BIM modeling with him. So here we go. So some of the best advice I've been given in life um, and that I have to share is don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. Um, you know, what you start doing in the world is not necessarily what you're going to end up doing. Heck, I started life as a roofer, and um, now I'm, you know, in a very technical industry assisting architects and engineers with um, with their day-to-day work um, you know so always look for the next big thing and look for a way that you might be able to get involved you know we've got uh, all kinds of, of different technologies that we can move into and you can transition from one place to the next with relative ease I mean you know if you if you constantly learn and constantly look for those opportunities you'll find a way to get involved and you know if you're passionate about it especially you know that's the other thing is do what you love you know i mean i love construction and um you know it's not so much the design side that i love is actually the implementation you know so some people dread working on their house and they just farm out every last you know change of a light bulb uh to me uh it's a stress reliever to actually swing a hammer and um you know be happy working on my house because I can see what has changed and I can see what is new. Um, and that's sort of, you know, reinventing my home. Uh, you know, I do it at home now, but, um, so it's, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to reinvent. Um, you know, I started life as a roofer and, um, you know, my knees went South when I was about 27 years old and I'm 44 now. Uh, my knees went south at 27, and I said, you know what? Okay, well, actually, my doctor told me, look, if you don't have a new career in mind, 
you're not going to have one by the time you're 45. Um, you know, I'm coming up on that and I have, you know, it was the best thing that ever happened to me was actually, you know, my knees going bad. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, from there, uh, I said, you know what, uh, I got to do something. And being a roofer, uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to see what I can do for a roofer, roofing manufacturer. So um, now I, I'm a guy that uh, I went to school for engineering, but I dropped out because I didn't want to be an engineer. I wanted to be a contractor. So I did, you know, three years of engineering school, left, became a general contractor and roofer. And, um, you know, that's, that's sort of the, the background. Um, but uh, that said, I, I had a lot of skills that were outside of just swinging a hammer. And I realized one thing, that I'm smarter than my hammer. So I, I put, in, put out an ad or a, um, a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I, I applied for a job um, at uh, a roofing manufacturer and a big one. Uh, I didn't get a call back. So I sent a resume again and I didn't get a call back. And I sent it again. I kept sending my resume every two weeks for a year before I finally got an interview. And when I got that interview, they hired me on the spot. Um, you know, they put me in their technical department answering questions f for people that came in. It was a great opportunity. It was absolutely fantastic opportunity. Uh, I learned a lot. From there, I learned how to do construction specifications. I ended up being their spec writer. Now, uh, at the same time, I had been a draftsman. Um, I, you know, started using AutoCAD when I was 14 years old. And um, so I, I wanted to, to expand that. Um, from there, uh, you know, I realized, you know what, I can't do the corporate gig anymore. So I had to reinvent myself again. And I said, you know, I'm leaving this. And I struck out on my own. And uh, then I got picked up, uh, you know, the day, the, the day that I quit working for GAF, I got picked up by RCAT um, to write specifications for them. And uh, I did that for several years. From there, I, I realized, you know what, I like writing specs, but I think there's more because I've got these skills as a draftsman and I love doing drafting work. I love working with 2D and 3D design and modeling. I really love doing it. So um, I started looking into new things that I could add to that RCAP program. And we came up with um, the idea of a BIM library. And um, it's been, it has been dominoes falling in the right direction since then. You know, I had um, uh, the past 12 years have been, have been, you know, the, just the development of something brand new. And now um, I'm on the watch for what that next big thing is. How do we enhance the construction technologies so that people are working and collaborating together better? And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I've got a few ideas. I'm not quite ready to share them because, well, you know, I want to capitalize on those ideas before, you know, anybody else does. But um, the, the, the thought is, is put all these things together. You know, technology is constantly changing. Um, opportunities, you know, look for them. They're not going to just fall in your lap. I mean, you know, yeah, it happens. But if you're not looking, you're not going to see them. Um, and, and, you know, skill saves. You know, that's one thing that my dad passed on to me 
very early on was skill saves. Learn as many things as you can, you know, know how to do as much as you can so that if you can't find a job doing one thing or you don't like the job that you're doing and you need a change, you can kind of, um, you know, kind of take all of your skills and and create a, a, a niche that is an amalgam of all of those things that you're good at and you like to do. And then the rest will follow, you know, don't be consumed with, with money. It's important, but um, you know, for your own sanity, I think it's important to do what you love more than anything else. So, you know, don't be afraid to reinvent, always look for the next big thing and don't pigeonhole yourself. Let yourself have the opportunity. So, Hope this was helpful, and uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy it. Take care. Okay, I thought that was amazing. There's not much I can add because it was thorough, so I'll just highlight one point. Typical Bob, thorough as usual. Yeah, Bob's amazing. <laughs> uh, we worked with him for years. Worked super successful. For him. Super successful. Yeah, at forum, forum with him. Uh, super successful on so many levels, and I've, I've watched. I've watched Bob also just reinvent and reinvent and reinvent. Yep. So I think that's great advice. Uh, especially going into the future, don't get stuck in the past. We see some firms that we're almost trying to drag into the future, which seems crazy. To it is that crazy. We're pulling you. Yep. When we, anyways, the the resume every two weeks. So I know that'd get old. That was a really cool story. Yeah, it'd get old if someone sent it to us for two weeks. But I would say assume people are lazier than you think, because I, I applied oh, to oh yes, yes a bunch of big wig firms, right? And I know there's people from two, three years ago that applied from our firm. I'm sure they were great. And Do you know just... who's a perfect example of persistence? Who? Mark. Mark Mark had to remind me multiple times uh, as he was gr- going getting ready to graduate. Hey, I'd like to come in for an interview. I'd like <laughs> to come in for an interview. And honestly, it wasn't that we were lazy. It was just that I, we were so freaking busy at yep. the, at, during the, in the spring of last year. Uh, that I just total, I just could not find the time to finally get to his email. You know, like I always have this one or two emails at the end of the day where I'm just, I just they just lag and persist, and I'm like, oh frick, I got to get to him, and yeah. I didn't. So that's awesome. So what I would say is, um, let's say there was someone from two, three years ago, and every six months or every year they sent us one. A lot of times, jobs are just. Uh, opportunity if, if the time is right we don't go back and look and sp- think about these big firms like oma ever they have to look at all the new ones you might be the greatest candidate uh you might be the second or third best candidate when you applied but then in six months you actually might be the best candidate yes. they're not going to go back they looked at all the new ones and they're picking out of that pile maybe they of had 20. a whole crew quit you know who knows what happens exactly so I, I think that's great i would just echo echo that if there's really a place you want to work Start applying now. Start applying often. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And with that, um, Alex has to run to a meeting. We have a jam-packed Friday, so uh, we, we can't get to Nick's read, Nick Reads this week. We're going to have to bank it. We can't get to code questions. And so we'll get to all that. Let's say we'll promise to start off with that stuff. And then I have code questions for Lance. So okay. stay tuned. If you know the history of code questions, it always goes one way. Now it's coming right back. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.